what's up everybody happy sunday happy tv sunday i'm trying to sunday morning tv anime perfect right off the bat (laughs) what's up Rustbox? what's up misha what's up anime uh all right so if you're just tuning in yes you could submit ideas for the next television show but anime uh extra credit right off the bat got us ready let's get right into it uh a justice league ex- uh, episode you are aquaman a justice league member who keeps being treated like a joke one day you save a dozen ships from being robbed by the enemy uh black manta all right uh however since your clothes are soaking wet the flash says aquaman peed all over himself flash batman green lantern hawk hawkman hawkman burst into laughter you feel sad what about an ai made aipd episode that might be too meta but we could try it out uh let's get started here let's do ai generated justice league and here we go what you say oh nothing they laugh we were just joking about how funny it was that you were aquaman when you were really some sort of sea mammal wow okay really just belittling us hey when a creature from the deep shows up i'll remember this i like that they're all in unison mocking us at the same time they're all like oh nothing we were just and it's very weird cult mentality uh you are saddened by the Justice League. You are saddened by this and feel underappreciated as a member of the Justice League. But I'm not, you protest. I'm a human. Just because I can breathe underwater doesn't mean I am one. I am one as a, a sea mammal. The Flash points out that Aquaman's powers include swimming fast enough to break sound waves, which would make him invisible. Oh, that little known extra little power uh, Aquaman's got. Invisible in water. You gotta add that to to every... In water. It only works in water. I'm invisible in water when I'm going really fast. I don't think that would happen, though. Because... You would be even more visible, right? You're breaking the sound waves, but, you know, in water, you move around a little bit, you're making some waves. So, suddenly, a giant sea monster attacks. However, you hang back and watch the rest of the Justice League heroes struggle to fight in water. You have no idea what to do. What should I do? You ask them. They look at each other, then point their fingers at you and say, Zap. Huh? Huh? Zap? Oh, Rustbox. I'm saving that. for That'll be the next one. (laughs) My doppelganger did it. Oh, that's fucking... (laughs) That's good, Rustbox. (laughs) Uh, Let's next this. Uh... I need to. I need some more context for this app. Just think of yourself as a human with superpowers, says Batman. If you need help, just yell, Aquam! Aquam? Okay, you say? Yeah, I don't yell Aquam. <laughs> I yell Aquaman. Zap is what we need to do. Okay, you zap. 
You feel strange tingling sensation, and suddenly, you are able to swim faster than any human ever could. That's not a high bar. You dive down below the surface of the ocean and find a school of fish swimming around you. That's like saying, I'm faster than, uh, I fly faster than a penguin. It's like, okay, uh, penguins don't really fly. Uh, it's a kind of a low bar to hit. Uh, I'll nexus to see if it, the fish swimming. Uh, you catch one and eat it. It tastes good. Oh my god, Aquaman. Come on. I thought you had respect for ocean life. That's amazing, you exclaim. Thanks. You hear someone else reply. You turn back and see Black Manta standing there. Oh, it's Black Manta. I'm faster than a slug. Exactly. Yeah, I'm uh, louder than a speeding windmill. Black Manta tries to recruit you to join him. Uh, uh, anime, what's the what's the league of what's the evil Justice League called? The uh, oh god, they're in that weird space pod thing. They're called God. Why can't I not remember this? Uh, not the I keep wanting to say the Guild of Calamus attempt, but that's Venture Brothers. It's like uh, the Evil Doer Society. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Black Manta just tries uh, to get you to recruit him. League of Doom. Thank you, Misha. Thank you. Uh, Black Manta tries to recruit you to join the League of Doom. I think that's it. That sounds that sounds the most plausible. Why don't you come work for me? He says. I'll give you anything you want. You shake your head. Aquaman 2 comes out this year. Oh, man. I'm surprised there's not already a trilogy of those out. Uh, no thanks, you say. I already have everything I need. Uh, let's see. Black Manta sweetens the deal by offering you the following. He will teach you how to use your powers to take over the world. He will give you a magic sword that's so powerful that nobody could stand against you. He will give you the power to travel anywhere on Earth instantly. That's pretty tempting. Pretty tempting. Gotta say, Justice League is just making fun of me. I feel underappreciated. Uh, you consider the deal. Wow, you said that sounds great. Yeah, right, says Black Banner. I've never met anyone who turned down an offer like that. So why did you ask me? Oh, Aquaman's smarter than we think. He's He's like... Are you just going to make fun of me in the League of Doom? Because I ain't leaving just to be made fun of again. With DC, I'm a moral fan of the comics, but with Marvel, I like the comics and the films. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think DC has struggled to get uh, a film that is anywhere near as popular as the Marvel ones. The Marvel ones, they planned it out <laughs> like from the start. They had just like a big plan. And I think they just have better writers and stuff. So like, why would you go work on a DC film if you could work on Marvel? And DC hasn't had all misses, uh, but a lot. I mean, it's just it's kind of embarrassing that how much they're trying to keep play keep up. Aquaman could be the team's water boy, yeah. So he's not paying us. That's a good point, too. Yeah, we're like, pay is included, right? Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, so why did you ask me, you ask? Because you're gullible, says Black Manta, and now you know my secret identity, I'm going to kill you and steal the trident you're wearing around your neck. Damn. Can't get no respect. 
I prefer DC. Uh, I feel like old DC w- was uh, a lot better, like Batman, Justice League. Uh, but nowadays, I would say it leans in Marvel's favor. But also, I'm just kind of st- a little uh, burnt out from all the superhero movies. Other than the Heath Ledger Batman films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman. That was good. They did a really good job with that. But it was just right before like the big Marvel stuff. So I feel like, yeah. If only. If only they were doing like uh, Justice League stuff back then. Ah, that would have been. That would have been nice. You fight Black Manta. You grab the trident and stab him in the chest. He screams in pain. Hey, stop, you shout. We're saying that to ourselves. I can't believe you stabbed me, Black Manta cries. (laughs) I was just joking. Come on, man. How dare you attack me? You are a fool, Aquaman. You're the one with the trident in your chest. I'm not Aquaman, you shout. I'm just a regular guy who's tricked into joining the Justice League. Whoa. Now that's a show I would watch. I would watch a show where Aquaman is left being a superhero and he's just trying to live. It's like a sitcom under the water. He's just trying to live his life. He doesn't care. He can hear, he can talk to fish, but it's just like a sitcom with Aquaman just not doing any missions. I'm not fighting any fish guys. I'm just living my life under the water with no responsibilities. Are you wearing your trident around your neck like a chain? Yeah, I guess it's possible in the water. If he left the water, it would just be like choking him down. But I guess if it was just like like dragging around our fish body. Eh. You decide to quit the Justice League. And just... And try to live a normal life under the water. Underwater. Aquaman was made fun of so much in Big Bang Theory. I believe it. He's an easy target. Uh, you swim away f- from Black Manta. Wait, he shouts, come back. I'm not, I'm trying to be nice here. I'm sorry you say I can't do it anymore. Uh, five years later. Oh, I, I actually want to try to do this. You could do square bracket things to generate. So describe Aquaman's life five years later. Let's see if this works. No, that's just repeating it. There's a villain in SpongeBob called Man Ray that's based on Black Manta. Oh, interesting. All right, that's not working. Okay. Just uh, five years later. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. Uh, This is crazy, you exclaim. There's a whole new planet just waiting for us to explore. A new planet? S Wonder Woman, yes, you say. Aquaman just kept being himself. I, I was not half of that. I was like, we already know that. I mean, where are you going to go in the water? I mean, it's just it's just what fish do. It's okay. It's a fish thing. You describe your new life to Wonder Woman. You describe your new underwater civilian life to Wonder Woman. It's wonderful. She says, we can finally start living up to our full potential as superheroes. Oh, Wonder Woman joined us. She was like, I'm not feeling very respected either. Exactly. You say, let's go right now. What? (laughs) What? You propose to Wonder Woman and convince her to leave 
the Justice League as well. Very convincing when he wants to be. But we're supposed to stay together, she protests. I know, you say. But if you come with me, we can both get more respect and glory. Really? There we go. That's a sweet deal for Wonder Woman. Yes, you say. If you come with me, I promise you'll be treated as a true hero. Okay, says Wonder Woman. She's down the clown. I guess I could try it for a while. She's down. You help Wonder Woman move in to your underwater man cave. I don't know what to do with all this stuff, she says. Wow. Throw it out, you suggest. Marie Kondo this shit. Oh, here we go. Whoa. Yeah. New updates from... She does. She does. She listens. She's right at Can I borrow some of your clothes? She's only doing it for a green card so she can live underwater. Maybe. You say, already one step ahead. I've got you a whole new wardrobe of underwater clothes. There you go, Wonder Woman. It's all bikinis from here on out. Oh, <laughs> sure, you say. You give Wonder Woman a pair of your old Speedos. <laughs> no top. Here, you say. These should fit you perfectly. And they do. Oh, wow, says Wonder Woman. We're the same size. A few days later, things are going well. Wonder Woman is adapting to underwater life. But then... Oh! <laughs> One day, you discover that she has been taking drugs. <laughs> okay, I, I Wonder Woman's gone the downward spiral. What's wrong, you ask? Oh no, Wonder Woman. This, I didn't realize this was a drug PSA episode. Nothing, she says. I just needed a little pick-me-up. Wow. We're so awful that Wonder Woman needs drugs to get through a day with us. Corey's clothes. You lean in for a kiss and tell her you don't need drugs when you've got Aquaman. Isn't it so true? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of drugs. I'm not I'm not crazy. I'm not addicted. I just did a little bit. A little bit doesn't hurt anybody. I'm Aquaman, she says. <laughs> okay. Whatever she's you say. Maybe she's trying to steal our identity. You spend the rest of the afternoon playing video games. Uh-oh, Aquaman, you're letting it fester. What's wrong? Asks Wonder Woman. Oh boy, this this is like... Nothing, you say. <laughs> this relationship is not working out. This is like... This is a too real of a, uh, a like, uh, fight you would have in a relationship. Nothing, I'm fine. I'm okay, just let me play video games. It's like everything's wrong with this. She's having an affair with the fish, yeah. The next day, you come home early to surprise Wonder Woman, but discover she is cheating on you with a fish. A fucking fish? What's going on? You ask. <laughs> it's nothing, she says. Just a little fling. No, it's a little flounder. Where's your fish? You stare at her, 
dumbfounded. How could you cheat on me? Why? Wonder Woman moves out and you fall into a deep depression. We've got to turn it around for Aquaman here. I'm sorry, she says. I didn't mean to hurt you. You try to explain to Wonder Woman that you aren't angry about the affair itself, but rather the fact that she lied to you about it. That's just what we say? He's got bigger fins. <laughs> oh, uh, I feel like we're hurting. Yeah, that that's a shitty thing to do. You learn. You watch. You help uh, Wonder Woman move out and learn to love yourself again. I don't need a woman to make me happy. Thank you, you say, for being honest with me. <laughs> of course, she says. I couldn't bear to see you unhappy. How about you lasso the truth yourself, Wonder Woman, you liar? You watch Wonder Woman leave. All right. You lose everything in the divorce. <laughs> okay. Uh, you lose everything in the divorce. We weren't married, but let's just pretend. Like. I'm really sorry, says Wonder Woman. Don't worry about it, you say. How come Sunday streams are unlisted after the streams end? Uh, that's just because I make them bonus episodes, but I might, I might change it up. I was trying to like edit them and stuff, anime, but I might just uh, make them all public again. I'm sure there's something I can do to make it up to you, she says. You say, there is one thing. You could. Let me have your trident. Wonder Woman has a trident. Who knew? That's okay, you say. I'll find someone else to wear it. Oh no, she wouldn't. She's like, I ain't parting with that. You take the trident and head for the seafloor. Okay. Uh, I think it got confused about who was who, so I'm going to retry that. You could. Oh, here we go. Even sadder. What? Take me back, you say. I want to be your partner once more. Are you sure? She asks. Absolutely, <laughs> you say. This is like a 90-day episode now. They just, you don't, you're so desperate not to be alone that you're willing to put up with someone who's definitely not made for you. It's just like, just leave. What are you doing? It's never going to work, Aquaman. <laughs> but he keeps on trying. All right, I think that's a good place to end for this one. Let's start a new episode here. And we'll start with a story by Rustbox. Oh, oh, here we go. Uh, thank you, Rustbox, for this. I might have to do some tweaking here to make it. Uh, the show is called My Doppelganger Did It. So, I love this, yeah. AI generated. My Doppelganger Did It. AI generated reality show? Yeah. Uh... You are the host of My Doppelganger Did It. A series of interviews, a show that interviews in uh, with people in prison who swear they are innocent. With people in prison. You are about to interview one such person, okay. Michael Deering. Okay, okay, Michael Deering, what did you do? Michael is a man in his late 50s or early 60s. He has long gray hair and wears glasses. 
He is dressed in an old suit and tie. Michael Deering was sentenced to 20 years in prison for the murder of his wife, Laura Deering. He claims he didn't do it. Very common, very common to go to prison for killing your wife. <laughs> Jason's doppelganger loves birthdays, Alf, and but hates turtles and butter. Yeah, that seems pretty accurate. He says he woke up from a nap and found his wife dead on their bed. His first thought was that she had committed suicide by jumping off the roof, but when he looked out the window he saw her. Ah. Body in the garden below. Well, then it sounds like he did it. Yeah. When you ask him how this could have happened, he explains that someone must have come into their house while they were sleeping and killed Laura Deering. The only thing missing from the crime scene was a bloody handprint on the wall above the headboard of their bed. Jumping off the roof and into bed. No, no, into the garden bed. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So his claim is someone came into the house, killed her, and threw her off the roof. Ah. You tell Michael. Uh, you ask Michael to explain how the handprint disappeared. He's the most guilty person I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm not I'm not buying it. He explains that he came home at around 2 a.m. When he got there, he noticed something strange about the bedroom. There was a dark stain on the wall where the blood would have been if Laura Deering had jumped off the roof. I'm really not following you, Michael. <laughs> this is a quite a leap in logic. He went over to look at the mark more closely and noticed that the stain was gone. He then notices that the room smells funny. Oh. He goes outside and finds a woman's shoe lying on the ground near the garden. Uh, you asked Michael if he knows who did commit this murder. As the crime seems like it was one of passion. He tells you that he does not know anything about this case. You ask him what kind of person would want to kill his wife. He answers that he doesn't know. He just assumes that whoever murdered Laura Deering wanted to get rid of her somehow. Interesting. Okay. Are we going to trick him into, like, confessing? Oh, they killed her because she was a loud bitch who didn't make pancakes right. I mean, uh, did I say that out loud? I'm just, I mean, I just, I'm assuming. You suspect Michael is lying and try to get him to confess. Uh, I, I would say that this reality TV show would have plenty of participants. Everyone would want to be like, of course I'm innocent. Yeah. Let me hop on here. <laughs> Although I think the actual, uh, you know, once you're in prison, you're pretty much... I mean, even if you are innocent, it takes a lot to overturn that stuff. There's the, like, uh, those, like, not-for-profit, uh, what's it called, uh, justice, like, Justice for All Foundations or whatever. I'm trying to think of what it's called, uh, the wrongly convicted. And even they struggle, so. I don't believe you, you say. If I find out that you're lying to me, I'll have no choice but to send you back to prison. Oh, okay. 
Michael laughs. Well, you can't send me anywhere because I'm already here. That's very true. We got yeah, you got us. You called our bluff, Michael. You watch the uh previously unused. You watch the uh you you check the security tapes which show the night of the murder. In the videotape, you see Laura peering walking towards the door of their house. She opens the door and enters. A few minutes later, Michael comes home and goes inside. Okay. You see Michael walk into the living room. He walks past the kitchen and sees Laura sitting on the couch. Hard to jump off the roof when you're sitting on a couch. Then you see Michael walk into the bedroom. You hear him go to sleep. Okay. I, I thought this was like a security cam from the neighbors across the street or something. But apparently this is like a sitcom security cam with somebody like walking around their house following everybody in the house. You leave the room and return to the living room. You ask Michael why he thinks he couldn't be guilty of the murder. The couch is on the roof. Well, that does clear everything up then. He snores very loudly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's that's why. You ask him if he remembers seeing anyone else in the house that night. He answers that he doesn't remember seeing anyone else. Oh, wait, but... He says that he didn't kill his wife and that he never even went to bed that night. He went to the bedroom, but he didn't go to bed. You ask... You ask Michael... If you didn't go to bed... What were you doing in the bedroom? He says that he was watching TV and falling asleep on the couch. You ask him, did you ever hear your wife scream? He says, no, I never heard her scream. Ha <laughs> ever. That's why she was probably cheating on me. You ask Michael. Michael gives you in great detail everything that happened before he found the body he got up from the couch and walked into the kitchen to make himself some coffee okay coffee he took his cup of coffee into the living room and sat down on the couch he watched television for a while and then fell asleep okay fell asleep on the couch you remind michael that the couch was on the roof at the time of the murder. It You ask him, isn't it possible that you killed Laura in your sleep? He laughs and says, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't think so, but why not? Why not? You're really not helping your case here, Michael. You ask him, do you think you'd have any trouble killing someone? <laughs> yeah, I killed him in my sleep. Is that a lesser sentence? He says, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Oh, we're on to something Maybe here now. I would. Maybe I wouldn't. You ask him, why do you think you would have done it? <laughs> he says, I dunno. You're playing very coy, Michael, but you're revealing a lot, too. Just something that would happen. Something that might happen. <laughs> Something that Some did crazy happen. idea. Who knows? You ask him, are you afraid of going to prison? <laughs> okay. 
the sleepwalking doppelganger. Yeah, I love this. He laughs and says, of course I am. But I'm already here, so why are you asking me that? It's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm here. It sucks. I'm in prison. You ask Michael, what was the most annoying thing about Laura? He answers, she was always nagging me, always telling me to take better care of myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To eat right. Yep. To exercise more. Okay. She was constantly talking about my health, my weight. Oh, well, she's right, Michael. You're fat as hell. I mean, really, she was annoying. And she wasn't much of a cook either. I had to eat the McDonald's, okay, officer? You ask him. What was the last thing Laura said to you before she died? Oh, okay. Here, let's let's have her generate. Or he says dot dot dot. She asked me to come home early because we had to finish cleaning the house before the movers oh, came. Oh, where are you moving to? We had to clean up all the broken glass from the windows and the door. Okay, what the why do why was there broken glass everywhere, Michael? You ask him. Was there anything unusual about the way she talked to you? Were you playing baseball inside the house, Michael? This doesn't seem very good. He says, no, nothing special. She was just being her usual self. Okay, uh, instead of go going more into I want to, I'm going to drill him about this. You ask him, uh, so why was there broken glass everywhere? Did you have a fight? Seems kind of suspicious, Michael. He says, no, nothing like that. I don't know what happened. I woke up and there was glass everywhere. I called the police. They told me to call an ambulance. <laughs> okay, that's the last thing I want to hear from the police. I'm like, they're like, call an ambulance. I'm like, isn't that what I'm doing? Like, you said an ambulance. I gotta call my own ambulance? I wanted to root for Michael, but I can't. He's obviously guilty. Michael doesn't seem very bright. Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely some, uh, some fi something fishy going on. We need Aquaman. Something fishy? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to look it back. You ask Michael again, how did the broken glass get there? He laughs and says, I dunno. That's weird, isn't it? Huh? There was no reason for it. I was sleeping peacefully when S I woke up and sleeping. there was glass everywhere. Sleeping! It was a total accident. Aha! Uh -huh. So you get violent while you sleep. You confront Michael and tell him he becomes violent while he sleeps. That's crazy, he says. I didn't hurt anybody. I never hit her or anything. I'm innocent. You can't send me back to prison. You threaten Michael and tell him that you will send him to jail unless he tells you the truth. <laughs> All right. He, let's just say he's in a he's in a daze and he just forgets that he's in prison for the next twenty years. Michael finally breaks down and tells and confesses. Michael tells you the truth. Oh, here we go. He was having sex with Laura. Okay. 
He says that they started fooling around in the kitchen one day and then moved to the bedroom. <laughs> Multiple days. He sex admits orgy. that he felt guilty about cheating on his wife and he wanted to stop, but Laura kept asking him to keep going. Okay, we're dynamic a little bit. Maybe she liked the cheating. You ask Michael, is this true? Oh, well, we can't do that one. Uh, <laughs> a little too spicy, eh, uh, novel AI. Little bit too spicy. You tell Michael that you believe him. You say, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. Finally, he decided to end it. He says that he went to the kitchen to start making dinner and he saw the broken window. He tried to call Laura, but she oh. didn't answer. Oh, I think so I. So he went outside and found the body. Michael realizes. Michael realized. That he had just killed his wife with sex. He says that he was terrified and he ran away. There we go. He says that he has been hiding in the sewers since that <laughs> night. He begs you to help him escape. <laughs> the prison sewers? You tell Michael that you believe him and you promise to find him a lawyer. Wow. He killed his wife with sex. Sex sent me to the ER. That's a show. That's a real show. <laughs> uh, this is like a crossover episode. Michael murdered his wife with sex. And I did not hit her. I did not. Yeah. Tom, maybe Michael's a real Tommy. The show follows up with Michael after his uh, second trial. Where he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. Well, Michael is released from the hospital and goes home. When you're free, you're free. Doesn't matter if you're insane. He was insanely sexy. Michael starts dating another woman who lives in the apartment building next door. You decide to spy on them together. <laughs> you put on a fake mustache and wig and dress up as a doctor. Okay, this host really wants to get the scoop. <laughs> Sleep with Michael? Okay. You attempt to seduce Michael. Maybe this could work. This host. I mean, I would watch the show. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I don't know how uh, well I feel about it, though. You say to Michael, hey, baby, let's go out dancing tonight. He says, sure. Why not? What hey, are we waiting for? Sure, why not? There you go. Little ode to You shit. ask him, what do you want to do? He says, we could go to a movie. Or we could just stay home and watch TV. You say, let's do both. I'll pick us up some Chinese food. Michael got over the death of his wife fast. Yeah, it's a little suspicious. You have a date with Michael. That goes well. And he doesn't suspect a thing. Then you finally confront him. Time to take out the disguise. You tell Michael that you've been following him around town. You're insane, he says. Why would you do that? I'm not a criminal. I know I helped you get off on an insanity plea, but now... You ask him, did you kill Laura? <laughs> yeah, yeah, did you kill her? I feel bad. <coughs> now I want to know, did you kill her? 
Well, Michael, what's your answer? He says, no, I didn't kill her. I loved her. I couldn't have hurt her. You tell him, okay. it's time for you to face the music. Yeah. You bring out special musical guests. Oh, what the? Your mother? Your mother. <laughs> Come on, give me a... I want someone famous. Oh! Michael's new girlfriend, Angelina. She is a beautiful Italian opera singer. <laughs> Angelina asks Michael what he thinks of her singing. He says, she's amazing. Her voice is so pure and sweet. Angelina sings a song that she wrote for Michael. Come on. You are the best thing in my life. Okay. It's all opera, though. There's no actual words to it. Michael loves it and he wants to marry her. You tell him that he should move in with her. I love you too, she says. I would love that if the, if there's like a reality show where instead of just like one episode per person, but they just like really follow up on everything in this person's life. Like, yeah. Like my 600 pound life after the fact. Like, I guess that's what like a thousand pound sisters are kind of, right? It's like a my 600 pound life episode, but for the whole, they just stick with these people. And it's like, you're going to keep doing interesting things. I know it. And they're right. Uh, that damn Tammy though, if you, I'm a fan, but also I'm not a fan because she gonna die, but Amy is doing all right, I guess kind of saved her life. So, and that brother got the surgery too. So good on him. All right. I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> we got Michael out of prison. We proved his innocence. We tried to, <laughs> to punk him back into jail and then we ended up, uh, you know, uh, witnessing his uh proposal to his new wife so good good on michael he stayed true he didn't he didn't break he didn't break we tried to break him he didn't break let's start a new show if you're just tuning in and you have no idea what's going on what we're doing is we're playing a text adventure game called novel ai where you could type anything it's like a text adventure game like oregon trail except instead of saying you go up you go left buy this buy that you could say literally anything, and the AI will generate the response, so we keep ping-ponging off of that. And what we're doing today is we're making AI-generated TV shows. So if you've got an idea for a show you want to see, uh, one that exists, uh, we do a, a spec script episode, or one that doesn't exist, both the episodes today, well, the, the last episode <laughs> we just did with the uh the reality show that didn't exist and we made it we we brought it into existence uh but we could also do shows that do exist like justice league so which is our first one so and we've done shows like uh he-man we've done rick and morty we've done family matters if you've got a show you want to see remixed by the AI, throw it out there i'm i'm, I'm watching for suggestions Anybody on Reddit, anybody on YouTube, throw, just throw it out there. This will be the last one on the episode here. It could be even an idea. Like, I want to see a show about a guy who gets, who gets kicked in the nuts all the time. I want to see Wheeler Dealers. Okay. Thank you, Rustbox. Wheeler Dealers. Uh, AI-generated 
Is this a real show, Rustbox? Wheeler Dealers. You are on uh, reality. Yeah, they buy an old car and fix it up. Okay. You are on the show, Wheeler Dealers. And today, an old car is brought into the garage. It is dot dot dot. A vintage 50s Chevrolet, red with white trim, but there's something wrong with it. Uh-oh. Exotic Mushroom 539, this is amazing. Thank you, Exotic Mushroom. It has a huge dent in the side of its body that makes you think it was hit by a truck or something. The owner tells you, like, pretty good. <laughs> oh, thank you. That he found it abandoned in the desert, but when you look inside, you find it to be empty. Mm. The interior is dusty and dirty. You can see through one of the windows into the trunk where you notice some papers and a few tools. Okay, let's fix it up. You read one of the pieces of paper in the back seat. To whom it may concern, I am selling my antique Chevy for $500. No, uh, to whom it may this concern, vehicle has been suspicious. restored many times over the years and now has several million miles on it. Several million? It is fully functional and will get you from A to B just fun. Are you telling me this vehicle runs? I do believe you. I also am shocked that it has a couple million, several million miles. Several million? Is there any car in existence that has several million miles on it? I'm, I'm afraid to touch this car. This, this car is clearly haunted or living or something. There's something cursed. I don't know what's going on, but I'm excited you drove it into our garage so we can fiddle with it. Yeah. You are shocked by this letter and uh, fiddle with the engine to see if it actually still runs. You turn the key and hear a deep rumbling sound coming out of the engine. Oh my god, it runs! The next thing you know, you're driving down the road at high speed and you don't even remember how you got there. <laughs> okay, that's not good. That ain't good. <laughs> we're, we're, someone drove someone drove a haunted car into my garage. Uh <laughs> you suspect the car is haunted or powered by demonic energy. You ask the owner about this. He explains that the car's previous owners had strange powers that they used to power the car. Okay. They were known as the Hexers. <laughs> okay. You didn't tell me everything about the car then. I have seen them myself, says the owner. Oh my god, this car is like the the idol of a cult or something. <laughs> you step outside for a cigarette and notice your garage is surrounded by hooded figures. The owner says, yep, that's them. You say, what the hell? He replies, they've always hated me, so I never told anyone about them. One day, 
They showed up in my garage and asked me to give them a ride to the groceries store. Okay, that kind of cuts down on the scary factor. Can you give us a ride to the grocery store? Sure. <laughs> I mean, please don't kill me. We want to get baby back ribs. I agreed because I was bored. But when we got there, they told me to drive to Vegas. Oh, no. They said it would be easy. Classic. But after driving for hours without seeing any lights or buildings, I realized they a weren't joking. A simple trip to the grocery store turned into a kidnapping. All right, keep going, old man. He replies, oh, they've always hated me, so I never told anyone about... Oh, no. Okay, hold on. I gotta... Uh, when I tried to stop, they grabbed me and forced me to drive faster. We ended up crashing into a wall, but luckily, nobody died. Wow. A grocery store in Vegas. Yeah, they, <laughs> we should have clarified before we gave them a ride. That's why I never told anyone, says the owner. Uh... You offer to fix up the car and try. First, you start by tearing out the old interior. Then you replace all of the parts you can find. Finally, you install some new parts that you made yourself. Okay. You then put it back together and it works perfectly. Nice. That, that's what we do. Even a demon car we can fix up. You thank him profusely for letting you use his car. Uh, you call the owner back into the shop to see uh, all the updates you've made. Here you go, Mr. Hallway. <laughs> Mr. Hallway? Your ride back to life is ready. Alistair Hallway. He smiles and thanks you again. You leave the shop and walk home. You tell everyone what happened and everyone is impressed by your car. Ah, okay. You tell Mr. Hallway that you have made the following improvements and repairs. New paint job, okay. Completely normal. Rear spoiler, fresh oil change, tires replaced, transmission overhauled, engine tuned up, and interior completely gutted. All new leather interior. Automatic transmission installed. Uh, it was a manual. Gauges and instrument panel replaced. Fenders and bumpers. Uh, demons. Exercised. Uh, ghost expelled. Ghost exterminators hired. <laughs> Headlight bulbs replaced. Hood ornament repaired. Trunk cleaned. Rear window tinting. Front seats reupholstered. Steering wheel and pedals rebuilt, shifter knob removed, customized steering wheel added, rear, uh, paranormal, ghost, uh, <laughs> ghost exhaust, backseat paranormal ghost exhaust, antique Chevy emblems, voodoo dolls, uh, antique Chevy signs, demon claw, black cat statue skulls, cryptors, angel wings, dead flowers, <laughs> Antique Chevy floor mats. This is a fucking weird hearse. Nice. It's ready for a few more million miles. Yeah. You tell Mr. Hallway. I think she'll last you another few million miles. 
You take the car out for a spin and everything seems to work great. Okay. You are pleased with the car and decide to take it on a date night. <laughs> you drive to a nice restaurant and enjoy a delicious meal. Okay. Now now we're addicted to the car. We're in love with our car. This is like a mind strange addiction episode now. You ask, you tell the car you are having a wonderful time. You know, you're the most special car I've ever met in my entire life. She agrees and asks you to drive her around town. You drive her past the cemetery, and you notice that the dead flowers in the graveyard are blooming beautifully. Did you do that? Yep, the power of demon energy. <laughs> you stop the car and ask, Hey, do you think you could pick me up some fresh flowers from the graveyard? The car drives through. Knocking over graves until it finds a beautiful bouquet of white roses. What a horrific day for all the grieving people to see a demonic car plowing through, doing donuts in the graveyard, uh, trying to steal flowers. You reach out to touch the flowers, but they disappear before your hand reaches them. Whoa! You scream, no, no, don't go. The car speeds away, leaving you alone in oh, the graveyard. Everything was going so well. You call and leave messages for the demonic car, but you hear nothing. You wonder what you did to make her so... to make her run away like that. I just asked for flowers. You didn't have to grave rob for them. You are not sure what to do. You try to remember what the owner said about the hexers, but you can't recall anything specific. You keep thinking about it and finally decide to consult a local witch. Okay! Yeah, I can't talk to the hexers about it. I can't... That's like going to the dad and being like, Hey, can I see your daughter? No, we gotta go to a local witch. Uh, a medium here. My guess is she ran back with the hexers. The cult that you arrive at the witch's her. house and knock on the door. A woman answers the door, wearing an old robe and holding a broom. She greets you with, Oh, hello. Okay. What can I help you with today? <laughs> you say, I'm looking for advice. This is surprisingly on brand for the, what the story is about. Well, you've come to the right place. What kind of problem are you having? You explain. My car won't stop running off on its own, and I don't know why. My car is cheating on me. It started happening recently, and I'm worried it might happen again. Technically, though, not your car. You just worked on it. Hmm. I can see that you're having problems, but I'm afraid I can't help you. You need to talk to someone else. Oh, <laughs> the witch explains that she is best friends with the demon car and she has heard all about you you beg her to tell you why the, the demon car left you come on witch lady she says you see the demon car was cursed by the hexers who wanted to destroy the car forever 
But the demon car refused to listen to their commands. Okay. So the hexers turned to the witch for help. Oh, okay. You're a best friend, but you're also suppressing her? The witch agreed to cast a spell on the demon car, making it forget all about you. Oh, you bitch. So now the demon car is free and will never return to you. 51st dates with a demon car. You ask, so how do I get my car back? How do I undo everything you did? Unfortunately, I don't know. The only way to bring back the demon car is to break the curse. Unfortunately, there's no one alive who knows how to do that. You ask, <laughs> what if I buy a book on witchcraft? Okay, here we go, okay. You buy Breaking a Love Curse for Dummies. And learn that in order to break the curse, you need to... Find a ghost named Mary. You search the internet and eventually stumble across a blog post titled, How to Break a Love Curse. You read the instructions, but they don't seem to apply to your situation. Okay, we bought the book, but we could have just found it for free on the blog. Alright, hold on. I don't like that though. You read the instructions. Give us those instructions. Go to a graveyard. Okay, go to a graveyard. Find a grave marked with a heart. Okay. Take a picture of the grave and email it to yourself. Okay, email? Email? It breaks the curse? Go home. You email the photo to yourself and set out for the graveyard. Okay. I think we did things out of order. You are excited when you hear the demon car pull into your driveway. You rush down to greet her, but... Dot, dot, dot. The car doesn't move. Ah. You shout, come on, open up. We have a lot to discuss. Literally open up. Nothing happens. You walk around the car and examine it closely. Ah. You notice something strange about the engine. Oh my god, what is it? Aftermarket? What the f What the hell? You look inside and see a small piece of paper stuck between the spark plugs. You remove the paper and uh... read it aloud. Do not mess with the engine. It belongs to the witch. This is like some S&M shit. Like she's got like a, a chastity belt on that only the witch can remove. She's like, that's my demon car. And I'll say who she sleeps with. It's like, okay, weird. Do you like this demon car? What the fuck's going on? You use all of your mechanical... You use all of your car mechanic knowledge to uncurse the engine. It takes months, but you've finally done it. Had to rebuild the entire engine from scratch, get rid of all the blood. Lots of blood. I mean, the, you can't believe how much blood's in the cursed engine. You put the car back together, and you feel like you've got it figured out. Phew. You drive the car around town, enjoying the smooth ride. Only gets a thousand more miles, though. We get to... We can finally enjoy life with this car, but it's not going to last forever. You notice that the car is starting to get a bit sluggish, so you decide to take it for a test drive. Yep. The car says, the curse is broken, but my lifespan, but my life will not go on for much longer. But I am happy 
to spend my final days with you. Who knew this was going to turn into a, like the best love story we've ever written on this show? You say, we'll figure out what we want to do next. But first, let's go for a ride. It's like Twilight, but with cars! You drive the car out onto the highway and start heading north. Oh, that's a wonderful last scene. Just drive north until the car stops working. You drive north and don't stop until the car breaks down. You fall to your knees and cry as you watch the sunset one last time with the formerly demonic car. What a wonderful... You look up and oh. see a ghostly figure standing over you. She looks just like the demon car, except she has a glowing red heart on her forehead. <gasps> she says... You were able to fix the car. What? I must admit, I thought you would fail. You say, thank you. I was really scared that I wouldn't be able to save you. The ghost says, yes, well, I suppose you could say I had some bad luck. Yeah, that's an understatement. Understatement of the century. You, pat you passionately kiss the ghost one last time as... It, uh, and then watch as it heads into the headlights. See what I did there? You wake up, alone in bed. You sit up and realize that the car is gone. Oh, heartbreaking. You quickly grab your phone and check the battery level. You see that the car is still running, so you drive the car home. No, <laughs> I think, I think that's it. I think that's a good ending. I think we could do one more. All right. I think that that's a good button on <laughs> AI-generated wheeler dealers. <laughs> Man, what a sweet story. Uh, suggestion for one last story. If you're just tuning in, we're doing AI-generated TV. Uh, so you can suggest an episode of something that does exist or doesn't exist. And we'll write, a, write it out. We'll have the AI generate all is left is two fluffy dices. Oh, God. So can I get a suggestion of a TV show, reality show, or something you'd like to see remixed by an AI? Uh, if you're confused as to what you're watching, it's like an AI text adventure game where you could say anything. But we're using it to uh, write television. <laughs> uh, so we just did AI-generated wheeler dealers. Before that, we did... Uh, a uh, Justice League and a uh, reality TV show. I guess it's kind of like two reality shows back to back. So if we want to do another reality TV show, I'm fine with that. Or it could be something that exists right now. We could do AI generated Gilmore Girls. We could do AI generated. Uh... Oh, we already did a superhero prompt me or anime. So a pawn shop show where people come and sell odd things. Okay, keep it with the reality theme. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, let's do a pawn shop where people come and sell odd things. Okay. AI generated pawn shop. Pawn shop show. You are dick. A pawn shop owner. A pawn shop owner. Where people come and sell odd things at your store. 
today, an old man walks in with the craziest thing you've ever seen. It is dot dot dot. A severed head that talks. I'll give you $50 for it, and that's the highest I could go. What's this? You ask. Where did it come from? And how much do I get for it? The old man says nothing but reaches into his pocket and pulls out some gold coins. Is it a Medusa head? You tell the old man that... You tell the old man it looks like what you have here is a Medusa head. Pretty rare, but not much in demand. I'll give you $50 for it. It's so haunted he pays you to get it. Yeah, maybe that was what he's... He hands over the money and says, I don't know who she was or why she's talking. You take the gold and say, well then, I guess I better put her to good use. Okay. You put the Medusa head in your display case and uh, wait for a buyer. I I think he's I think Rustbox has it anime. I think he's paying for us to be. It's like cursed. Yeah. He, who wants a Medusa head? If you look in her eyes, you turn to stone. I wouldn't want that. So I would. I'll pay you to take this Medusa head from me. And uh, old Dick here at the pawn shop. He uh he's like I could sell that. I could sell anything. Uh, you put the Medusa head in your display case and wait for a buyer. However, the Medusa head is turning all your customers to stone. Why did I put it right at eye level? Oh no, you mutter as you look around the room. I'm going to be stuck in my own pawn shop forever. <gasps> oh my god, but... But when the customers turn to stone, they also drop their treasures so you can pick them up and sell them for more gold. Oh my god, how fucking evil. A pawn shop store with a Medusa head in the display case and they just rob whoever gets turned to stone. You pieces of shit. Uh, Dick is being a real bastard. You are uh, interviewed by federal agents that who... Uh, Accuse you. Uh, 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 hold on. Who accuse you of killing and robbing customers? Uh, hold on. I got to take a call. Sorry, one second. Sorry about that. Whew. Okay, back, back, back. Uh, I had to take care of something real quick. Okay, we're back, we're back. Uh, we left off. There is a pawn shop owner. Got a Medusa head for free. In fact, we were paid to take it. And now us and Medusa are robbing people bringing in rare trinkets. And we're being interviewed by uh, the FBI. 
We believe you killed these people because you were angry at being robbed. Okay, yes, I was. Yes, you admit. And yes, I was angry at being robbed. Do you think you'd be angry if someone stole your possessions? You panic and use the Medusa head on the federal agents. You realize this is bad and that you need to leave the country. You change your name and move to... Another town where you open a new pawn shop. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, we move to another town. You are... We can't be dick. We're, uh... We're... We're... Rick. <laughs> a pawn shop owner where people come and sell odd things at your store. Today, an old woman comes in with a golden crown. Oh, here we go. I like that rust box. Today... A fisherman walks into the store with a large chunk of steel that he says he found at the bottom of the sea. On the side is written Department of Energy, Fat Man MK4. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I'll give you $50 for it. How much do I get for this? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, a nuke? You ask him, is there any way to remove the markings on it? Nope, it... it Okay. He shakes his head and says, no, they're part of the design. You make an offer. <laughs> $20 for it. Even less. We're just really lowballing. He takes out a checkbook and writes you a check. No, no, no. I pay you for that. You take the check and say, great. Here's your money. <laughs> Wait, he says. The man realizes... You just tricked him and pulls out a hammer that he hits the nuclear device with. You try to stop him, but he smashes the nuke and you fall back into the water. You wake up underwater and see bubbles coming from above. Wow. You reach up and grab hold of something solid. You watch as the nuke mushroom clouds over where your store used to be you can't believe you have survived but you are also shocked that everything in your pawn shop is destroyed nuclear pawn shop you climb onto the beach and look around you notice a small box nearby Whoa. Inside is a note which reads, I know you're alive, but I don't know where you are. <laughs> okay. A threat? A good old threat box. I hope you find this. Oh, well, Mike. we did. So your hopes are, uh, are given here. You read the note and start walking north. You walk through the woods until you come across a house. Okay. You knock on the door and hear footsteps approach from inside. Hey, it's just like the new Dexter. We just moved into the woods. All right, let's do who's in this cabin. A woman answers and you say, hello, I was wondering if you could help me. She asks, who are you? You say, my name is John. I'm looking for my wife and son. Good lie. A very good lie. The woman lets you into 
her cabin. But then she recognizes you from the news. You're the guy that caused all that trouble last year. She exclaims. Yeah, you say. I am. I've been trying to find my family. Well, let's go upstairs and talk, she says. You haggle with the woman for your freedom. Always be selling. Always be haggling. She agrees to give you a ride to your family. You get into the car and the woman tells you, I'm driving you to your family, but first I want to know about the Medusa head you had in your pawn shop. Uh, oh, interesting. You tell her, it's right here, and whip out the Medusa head from your underpants. The woman, however, does not turn to stone. You didn't kill anyone. You laugh. I thought I was going to die, she admits. You tell her, I need you to drive me to my family. The woman ignores you and instead drives you to the church of Latter-day Medusas. You arrive at the church and see a crowd outside. You walk up to the front and see the bishop holding a Bible. What's going on? You ask. This is the day we will judge the world, he says. Ha <laughs> ha! You look up into the sky and see the moon has been carved into a giant Medusa head. Are you sure this is the day? You ask. <laughs> Today is the day of judgment, uh -oh. he says. She's going to turn the whole world to stone. You wonder what kind of judgment the church would like to deliver. You stand next to the bishop and feel very scared. Night falls. And the giant moon and the giant Medusa head slowly orbits to face Earth. The entire world is turned to stone. You hear the sound of people screaming and shouting as the heads moves closer. Oh no, it's, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's crashing now. The moon's too heavy. It's falling towards Earth. Suddenly, the night sky turns blue and the sun rises. We got a Majora's Mask situation coming. Everyone returns to life and the Medusa heads fall to the ground. You try to live the rest of your life as a stone golem man. But when you try to return to your home, you find it is gone. You walk through the woods and spot a sign which reads, Aha! Welcome to Roswell. Population, one million. <laughs> okay! Uh, that's like a good hook for the show. Now it's like a... The town of Roswell. It's like that show Gary, Indiana, where all the weird stuff happens in Gary, Indiana. It was like a Outer Limits, but they tried to do like a town thing. <laughs> I have this, some nostalgia for that. I would Quick, we need a small boy with an ocarina. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for watching, everybody. If you don't know, we stream Novel AI all the time. We used to stream AI Dungeon, but they, they fucked it up. So uh, 
we uh normally stream monday wednesday friday on twitch uh but sundays have been uh youtube and reddit so i'm trying to get the word out uh let people know that one this exists and that uh two we play it all the time and i like i don't want to toot my own horn but i like to think i'm a pretty entertaining fella so uh if you enjoyed watching uh give us a follow check us out at uh all our links are at aipd.glitch.me that has our twitch our youtube reddit everything it has links to everything so join the discord you could submit prompts for our normal show uh or hang out and play talk with other people that play ai generated text games which is a thing check it out go to novelai.net they have a free trial check it out uh and yeah, see you tomorrow. We have a special guest, Ellen, on the show. Ellen Sakowitz. Uh, we're dating. So she'll be on the show as a guest tomorrow night at 9 Eastern on Twitch. See you then. Bye, Hobie Way, everybody. It's been fun.